This is the Truth and Power Podcast with Ryan Edberg. Welcome today. I want to talk a little bit about Abraham and Lot. I want to talk about um, there's power in your prayers because a lot of us um, have family members or friends that we're praying for or really just wondering, you know, they've, they've strayed. Can we pray them back into salvation? And we know that you can't pray against people's free will, but we also know um, that it says to pray for them. It says to pray um, that messengers would be sent uh, into the harvest field and stuff like that. And so I want to show you today through Abraham and um, Lot's story the importance of praying for them and family members that have gone astray. You know, I'm a parent and have kids, and it's my prayer that they grow up to follow um, God all the days of their lives. And so that's it's very important, and I know that there's people out there that their heart breaks because they either have a child or a family member that have gone astray and either followed God at one time and now they don't seem like they're living for Him or whatever the case is, but that importance of prayer and um, how to do that. So today I want to look in Genesis at the story of Abraham and Lot. You see that Abraham and Lot are always together. God loves Abraham, made a promise with Abraham, made a covenant with Abraham. He was going to bless uh, nations through him. And so it's important to see that Abraham and Lot were always together. Lot was Abraham's nephew. And so whenever uh, Abraham was doing something, (laughs) Lot was right there. When Abraham was uh, making an altar to the Lord, Lot was right there. So Lot came up to, uh, came through his life knowing everything about God through Abraham and being blessed. When Abraham was blessed, he was being blessed by God as well. He was under that covering. Um, And then we see later in Genesis 19, um, Lot being pulled out of Sodom. And so where did things go wrong? What had happened? Um, So I want to go through there today and just show you a little bit. Um, If you look in Genesis 18, um, you see Abraham at the end of uh, 18, Abraham and God are going back and forth because God's sending his uh, messengers to check out um, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, I've heard um, many things about this city. Their cries have come up to me. And so I'm going to go send these angels and check it out. And so you see at the end of uh, Genesis 18, uh, Abraham and God talking. And I think it's very important here because they start off with Abraham saying, Lord, um, will you destroy the city if there's 10 righteous people? And God says, no, I'm not going to do that if there's, there's 50 righteous people. And then you see Abraham going back and saying, Woe it unto me, God, that that I even talked to you again. But what if there's only 45? And God said, I won't destroy the city if there's 45. He keeps going down and down and down and keeps going back and forth with God. And finally, he says, God, what if there's only 10 righteous people? Then what? Will you destroy the city? He said, no, if there's 10 righteous people, I won't destroy this the city. And I want to pause right there because today a lot of people are saying, You know, when there's hardships or there's uh, things that uh, come against a city or a hurricane or an earthquake, people say, well, God's judging that city like he did Sodom and Gomorrah. 
well, that's just not the case because you see here with Abraham, him going back and forth with God and God saying, you know, if there's 10 righteous. Well, I believe in America, in a lot of these places where they're hit, where there's a lot of great churches, that there's more than 10 people. So I'm just saying that it's not God that destroys now. Why did God decide to even destroy um, Sodom and Gomorrah back in those days? You know, there was no Jesus Christ, so they people couldn't even come on to him. It was just... Um, there was no salvation. So they were going to destroy and corrupt more and more and more and more people. So really, it was grace that um, God wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah, and it blessed a lot of people because they weren't corrupted and affected by the wickedness of those people that were there that couldn't even turn onto Jesus Christ because he hadn't died yet. So I'm going to show you some of that. But I just wanted to make mention that a lot of the people that are saying that God is judging a city today, that's just not the case because Jesus is here and people can come onto Christ now. There's a different era. Um, Jesus has died and now we're under the age of grace. And that doesn't mean go out and do whatever you want, but it means that he um, does things differently because of Jesus now. Um, so let me jump over into Genesis 19 and show you a few things here. It says, Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself uh, with his face towards the ground. So one thing you need to, to make mention here or, or look at is Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. So that says in that culture, if they were sitting in the gate, that means that they were an official of the city. So when these angels came in, uh, Lot saw them, and he was a public official of the city. I don't know exactly what he was um, in there, but if you're sitting in the gate, then you are an official of that city. And so it wasn't only that Lot was sitting in a, a corrupt city, but he was actually well-loved and put into <laughs> leadership. And so uh, there was a lot of stuff that I'm sure that Lot was not doing right as well if everybody liked him enough to vote him in or however that worked. But, um, you know, you see him serving God and with Abraham coming out from under Abraham's covering, picking a land that's close to Sodom and Gomorrah. And eventually he's in the city in an, an official position. And so you can just see the, the, the progress of where he went. You know, you never start off just running from God or way off in left field. It's just little steps at a time. You compromise on a little, then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until you don't even know how you got to where you are. So we see Lot here um, in this public spot um, of a very, very corrupt city that God's looking to destroy because the cries have come up before him. Uh, 19.2, and it says, and he said, here now, my lords, please turn to your servant's house and spend the night and and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, no, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly, so they turned in to him and entered the house. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. So why was this so important here? Lot saw them coming knew what they were coming to do. He knew that they were checking out and judging the area. So he says, come into my house and spend the night with me. Why? He didn't want them out at night. He didn't want them seeing what they were going to do. And here the angels even say, no, we're going to spend the night in the open square. So they wanted to check it out. 
but Lot knew, and he didn't want this place destroyed, where he's running, or he's a public official, and so he begs them again, come into my house and feast. So they agreed to do that. Um, verse 4, it says, Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, that's important to look at right there as well. It wasn't just old people, but young kids. All the people from every quarter surrounded the house, and they had called Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out that we may know them carnally. So there, they wanted to send these men out, all the men, young and old, boys, old people, all ages were there gathering the house, saying, hey, send those people out to us. We're going to rape them, is pretty much what they're saying. We're going to know them, and which meant they were going to do unthinkable things to these two guys. That's the perversion that was going on in the city that God had heard about, and he was sending them to check out. And not only was it there's an evil spirit behind that of lust and just destruction they see these two people coming in pure angels whatever i don't know if they knew what they were there but just new men <laughs> and they said send them out that we may have our way with them um so lot went out to them so he closed the door behind him goes out shuts the door behind him and he said please my brethren do not do so wicked see now i have two daughters who have known men or have not known a man Please let me bring them out to you that you may do as you wish. Only do not do these things as men, since this reason they have come under my uh, shadow of my roof. So here you can see how far Lot had gone. Once serving God with Abraham being blessed, now he's an official saying, hey, don't touch these guys. They're about to destroy the city if you do. He's not saying that, but in his heart, he knows why they're there trying to keep them in so they don't see what goes on at night. Then they get surrounded and Lot's saying, don't touch these men here. Have my two daughters who have never known men. Here's my two virgins. Do what you want to them. That is wickedness right there at its finest. Um, Lot's just saying, take, take them, do what you want, um, but don't touch these two. And they said, stand back. Then they said, this one came in uh, to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against uh, the man Lot and came near to break down the door. So here they said, Lot, because you're going to judge us, you think you're over us, you're a newcomer here now, and now you can just tell us whatever. We're going to do even worse to you than we were going to do to these two guys. And then in, in uh, verse 10, it says, But the men reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house and shut the door. So the angels opened the door, grabbed Lot, and pulled him in through the door and shut it behind. That's how um, horrible this situation was getting. Uh, these guys were uh, filled with lust, rage. They wanted to do wicked things. They want nothing to do with these women, only these two guys. And so uh, they went out and save Lot, pulled him in. And here's what they did in verse 11. And it says, And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great. So they became uh, weary trying to find the door. So even after the angels then uh, struck these guys with blindness, they're still trying to get in and find the door. They just went blind, can't see anything, and they still got one thing on their mind. That's wickedness. Um, let's keep going down. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here 
uh, son-in-laws, your sons, your daughters, and whoever um, was in the city, take them out of this place. Um, for we will destroy this place because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out to s- and spoke to his son-in-laws who had married his daughters. So the son-in-laws were not in the house. He went out and spoke to his son-in-laws who were outside of the house, maybe trying to get in. And he said, get up, get out of this place for the Lord will destroy this city. But the son-in-laws, he seemed to be joking. So the son-in-laws didn't even listen. They stayed there. Now, pause, go back a moment. Here is wickedness again at its finest. Um, Lot was trying to send out his two daughters who were virgins, yet they were married to these two guys, which says if they hadn't even known them or consummated their marriage, were these guys, you know, just like everybody else in this city. They were married but didn't want anything to do with these girls. Um, let's keep reading. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and the two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters. And the Lord, being merciful to him, they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass, when they had brought them outside, um, that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay here in this plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said, Please, no, my lords, indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil um, overtake me and I die. See now, this city is near enough to flee to, and it is the little one. Please let me escape there. Um, is it not a little one? And my soul shall live there. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning these things also, in that I will not overthrow this city, for you have spoken, Hurry and escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Um, therefore that city was named Zoar. The sun had risen up on the earth when Lot entered Zoar. The Lord uh, rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah for the Lord from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew these cities, um, all the plains and the inhabitants of these cities that grew on the ground. But his wife looked behind him and she became a pillar of salt. So here, even these these angels save Lot and his family. They get pulled out of destruction. They get pulled out of pure evil and they say, you got to get out of here, head up into the mountains. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that. Please just let me go to the next city right over. And you can see how in the beginning, you know, Lot had gone from serving and loving God to working with Abraham, seeing the miracles of God on his life, getting blessed to now an official in the city, trying to send out his daughters to get raped and then after all of it, he says, no, don't send me up into the mountains to get away from all this. Just send me to the next town over. And, but you see through Abraham, you know, God was coming down there to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And you see that the prayers of Abraham had saved Lot 
from destruction and his family. See, Abraham still loved Lot, even though he had gone from bad to worse. You know, God still had favor on Lot, even though he wasn't doing exactly what he had thought. And the prayers of Abraham saved Lot's life by the the angels coming in there and pulling them out. You know, there wasn't even 10 <laughs> uh, righteous people in the city. There was four that were saved and one turned back and still looked at the city. And so the three people were saved out of you know, all of these cities and places around. That's how corrupt and evil and wicked it says from old to young, they were all there trying to get into the house. And it was just a wicked, wicked place. And so it wasn't, you know, hate and all that that God was doing to them. He was destroying them because Jesus hadn't come yet, that there was no way that they could even, you know, find salvation. Uh, it's only through Jesus Christ. And so they were just going to keep corrupting more and more people. Anybody else that went into the city, you see what they tried to do with the two new uh, comers into the city. They they wanted to rape them. They wanted to do whatever they wanted to please themselves. And so God pulls Lot and his daughters out of there and his wife, although she turned back, um, and saved them because of the prayers of Abraham. And you may have the same kind of a story or something where you're looking at it and seeing that there is um, a lot of different people in your life that you're like, oh, man, they were just on fire for God. How do we get them back to that? Or I don't even know how they got. And the, it says that um, God said that my words do not return void. You know, speak truth to these people, uh, encourage them, keep pressing in for them, keep praying for them. Keeping in mind that, you know, it may be your prayers that, you know, saves them because it was Abraham's prayers that really saved Lot's life, even though he had gone from bad to worse and where he was not just corrupt, but an official of a corrupt city. And and God went in and still saved him and still protected him because of the prayers of Abraham. God isn't moved by need anymore. He's moved by his people and by faith. So it's our obligation as Christians to be, be praying for those family members and friends that they come to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And and I think that all of us not to lose heart and and just get in that that dark spot of, well, I just don't know what to do. I feel helpless. No, your prayers are actually working. So keep praying for those around you. Keep blessing. Keep speaking life over them. You know, pray for laborers to be sent into the harvest field. You know, send, um, you know, be praying that people be sent around them that have faith and that can speak into their lives. You know, we can do stuff like that. So be encouraged. If you have a family member or a friend, just be praying over them. And we know that God is God and that he is a faithful and loving God. His will is that all men come to salvation unto him. He wants them saved even more than you do. So don't forget to pray for them and bless them and, and speak truth whenever you can. Maybe they won't hear it right now, but be praying for those opportunities. I hope this blessed you. I hope it encouraged you. And um, we will talk to you soon. To keep up with everything Ryan has going on, go to KingdomYouthConference.com or follow him at Facebook.com slash Ryan Edberg Music.